0: Thank you so much for joining us for this journey through the book of Romans by Pastor Sumiko Stroud of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located in Bremen, Georgia. To find out more information about our ministry, just log on to www.kingdomrock.org. And now here is Pastor Sumiko Stroud with part six, Journey Through the Book of Romans
1: what our Sunday school is about. We're going to learn and grow and share together. Now we're still in Romans. Uh, We are in the section on salvation. I think it was section three or C on that paper. And we started it last week. So we are in part two or part three. Are we in part three of salvation? We're in chapter five. This may be our third week on it. But we're going to deal with Romans chapter 5 today. Hmm? Yes, so we talked about what salvation is. Uh, We talked about being justified. A little bit about that last week. About justification. And what it means to be justified. Um, Some people say it's, just as if I, you know, had never sinned. It's more than just forgiveness. It has to do, I don't think there's two ends in that word. Is there cleanness? All right, well, why don't we just do this? Ah, it's about being clean. <laughs> it's as if we never sinned at all. Um, we can stand in the presence of God uh, when we are, have been when we receive justification uh, by faith. So we talked about why we need uh, salvation and why was that? Because there's sin in us, all over us, uh, being disobedient to God. Uh, in some cases, not even not even honoring Him as God, uh, or recognizing Him but not being grateful for what He's done. Or being in the self-righteous group of saying, uh, grace and mercy for me, judgment for you. I'm good, God loves me, I'm the apple of his eye, but you are sorry, so and so. So all of that leads us to needing to be saved uh, from the wrath of God or the absence of his spirit. And we talked, you know, justification is what salvation is, is being clean. We are declared justified, justified. by the work of the cross. Okay, now, and we talked about how do we receive salvation. It takes faith, right? And faith has an object. So it takes faith in what? Very good. Faith in Jesus. Faith that the work on the cross could reconcile. And we all know what, we, what I mean when I say reconcile, right? Think about your checkbook. Uh, When you reconcile your bank statement at the end of the month, you make sure that what the bank says you have and what you say you have equal. So in order to be reconciled, we need to be brought back into the position that we were in, you know, sort of zero out kind of thing. So we want to be reconciled. We need to be reconciled with God. We have to have faith that the work on the cross can do that. We're going to talk a little bit about why it can uh, today. So first you have to believe that it can then you have to believe that it did, okay? And once you have all of that together, then we can be reconciled, we can be justified. So it takes faith, it takes believing, okay? Uh, it's not based on our works, based on how we behave, but it's based on how we believe. That's the difference between now and um, Old Testament under the law where actions and uh, rituals and things were necessary, are we all together so far? It's just a little review. Okay, so today we're in chapter 5, but we're going to not take it in order. We're going to start toward the bottom of chapter 5. And we're going to talk about why the cross, why the work of the cross, why Jesus doing what he did can um, reconcile us to God. And we're going to talk a little bit about a thing called headship. Headship, there has to be somebody in charge, sort of like a representative of the human race is what we've had. Now, Adam was our original representative of the human race. Do we all agree? He was the first among us, right? Unless you believe you came from slime. Anybody? No? Okay. Well, then we can all agree that Adam was the first of us. Right? And Adam was the best of us. Now, you may not want to agree to that, but Adam was the first of us. He was our representative. And Adam did something that condemned us all to death, his act, an act of disobedience. Right, When we're in the Garden of Eden, go back to Genesis, Garden of Eden, Adam did what God told him not to do. He disobeyed. We're not concerned with what Eve did. We're concerned with what Adam, Adam did. did. Right. Adam was in the place of authority. He was our headship. Okay? So Adam disobeyed God. He believed the lie. Remember what the lie was? That you can be like God. Now, and we cannot be. Now, we can be like Christ. We can be Christ like. But we cannot be like God, supreme creator of all. Not in us. We are his children, but we're not to be in his stead. Um, And that was the lie that they bought, that I could be God. I don't have to worship him. I can be just as good. I can be on the level that he is. God doesn't share his glory with anybody. Okay? All right, so there was the act of, of disobedience. So, He was the natural headship of the human race. So what he did affected us all. His sin was imputed uh, to all of us who came after him. What does that mean? Anybody? Thank you. Right, it was put on all of us or put to our charge. Kind of like if you had a grandparent or a great-grandparent that lived in, I don't know, Alabama. They lived in Alabama. All of your family has lived in Alabama. And before you were born, your great-great-whatever-grandparent decides, I don't wanna live in Alabama anymore. I wanna live somewhere where there's snow on the ground in the winter and all of that. So I'm picking up and I'm moving to Colorado. That, that person's action is going to affect you, right? Even though you're never, you haven't even been born, the fact that your ancestor, your great-great-whatever-grandparent relocates to Colorado uh, imputes on all of you from now on that you're going to be born in Colorado. And you're going to behave like people in Colorado, not like people in Alabama. Because that's where they are when you come from them. Are you with me? Now, after you're born, if you want to make some changes and stuff, you can, but you will always be affected by what the people before you did. Can you agree when you look in your family line that you are affected by some of the things that your ancestors did, whether you know them or met them or not? Part of them is in you. Adam passed this on to us. Okay, that sin was imputed to us. We have a sin nature that is prone to disobey God. Have you noticed that you were prone to disobey God? Am I telling you something new? Right? And we will learn as we go on in the Romans that Paul has a discussion, even when I want to do right. Oh, Lord, have mercy. It's still in me to do wrong. It's in us. Now, and because this is disobedient, we're all slated to die. Physically, yes. Uh, eventually, Adam and Eve died. Now, we don't live as long as they lived then. It took time. It's taken some time to catch up with us. And every so often, somebody lives past 100. And we were like, Woohoo, so so-and-so, 90-something. Well, people used to live way past 100. But all of this has been imputed to us, and so there's death. There's already, there's a, the, instantly the spiritual disconnect, spiritual death that took place and also a uh, natural death that came from it. And so we needed somebody who could come and stand in the same position as uh, Adam to undo what had been done. So it was going to take somebody who could stand in place of mankind as human, but they were going to have to be able to do something that was unlike mankind. So he had to be fully divine, and fully human. Do you know of anybody that fit that description? Well, we've had one, right? The Messiah. We won't have another. You can stop looking. So we have one, right? And so Jesus came, uh, and his one act that he did was what? An act of obedience. was the death on the cross. Because he was fully human, he could stand in our place and take the penalty from this act, which was the penalty of sin is death. Right? And he died. He paid that penalty with his life. Um, But because he didn't stay dead, his resurrection gives us the ability to live, right? So that we don't just have to die for the penalty of our sin, it's already taken care of. And remember we talked briefly last week, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, from the curse of sin and death. We have our Jesus coupon, for those of you that clip coupons, right? We've got one and it says, he says that he was willing to pay the full price of what we are looking for, right? What we need is eternal life to be able to be reconciled with God. That's the product that we are coming to get, that we need. Um, And the only way to get that product was death. And he says, I've already paid that for you so that if you just accept, if you just believe, uh, then you can be justified by your faith uh, that this can and will do what it needs to do and we don't have to pay this penalty. But it's up to each of us. Because if you've ever used coupons before, you know that it doesn't matter if you have one, but if you leave it at home and you get to the store and you tell the cashier, I have a coupon for a dollar off this. If you don't have the coupon with you, they don't give you the dollar off. So we can not accept Jesus and we will stand before God one day and say, you know, I heard about Jesus redeeming and, and now I know about that so can I just put this in place and he'll say well you never received that coupon you didn't ever apply it so no I'm sorry it, you don't get the benefit of that okay so that is our headship where Jesus comes in and um, takes the place of what went on with Adam are we still together y'all are scaring me this morning <laughs> We're going to make it through this. Yes, we are. Okay. So that's the bottom portion. uh, If you're reading along in chapter five, that started at about, what verse was that? Who's looking alone? That's toward the end. About verse 10. Okay. Yes. All right. So, that is how it works. Now, so we know what it is, we know how it works, we know um, why we need it, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about why we need it. Why do I need salvation? Why be saved, why is it important? Well, for future purposes, there's the whole heaven hell thing to be concerned about. You agree? But some people don't think that far in advance. Some people don't plan at all. They can't tell you today what they are going to do tomorrow, what they're going to eat tomorrow, where they're going to be next week. They just don't particularly care. Tomorrow takes care of itself. So if when you are telling somebody about Jesus, all you can do, all that you have to tell them, the reason that they need to be saved is so that when they die, they go to heaven that's not going to reach a lot of people because they're not concerned about that because their whole attitude is tomorrow takes care of itself. What good is heaven going to do me today when my life is in shambles, my heart is broken, my body is wracked with pain and I'm broke? The promise of one day walking on streets of gold does not help me right now when I'm living on a street of asphalt in a cardboard box. Okay? So I need some now benefits. What are the reasons that I want to be saved right now? What is the reason for clipping this Jesus coupon and being associated uh, with these people called Christians who some people say that they are the most judgmental people around and some people say they don't really know what they believe and I don't really know if I want to be a part of that. What are some of the present benefits of justification? Justification. Well, the first one is peace with God. Okay? We get to join the no guilt zone. Now, if you've been alive longer than a couple of years, you are familiar with that wonderful thing called guilt. Some people use it to get people to do whatever they want them to do. They just bring up something where they did them wrong and then you feel all guilty and you do what it is, what they want you to do. Guilt can be a powerful thing. Without being justified uh, (laughs) by faith in Christ, (laughs) we stand before God guilty because we've sinned. Anybody sinned in here? Right. (laughs) Right. So we've all done something. <laughs> Some people did just right then. They lied. <laughs> so we've all done something that would make us stand before God with unclean hands. That, that guilt is upon us. When we receive uh, salvation and we've been justified by faith, we can stand before God without guilt. Because remember, justification is more than forgiveness. It's as if you never sinned at all. So when somebody comes up to you and they tries to throw a guilt trip on you, but you know you haven't done anything wrong, it doesn't work, does it? You don't feel bad about it because you didn't do the acts that they're accusing you of. So when Satan tries to throw stuff at us, You don't need to even pray and ask God for anything because look at all the things you've done. Look at the life that you've lived. Look at the past, the things that you've done in your past. You have no right to go to God. We have peace with God when we receive that justification. So you don't have to stand in guilt. He's not holding you accountable for that anymore. Now, are there physical consequences in this earth that we'll have to deal with? Of course, once we set some things in motion, we will have to deal with that, but as, before, as, as it pertains to us standing before God, we can stand before Him guilt-free, not because of what we've done, but because of the faith that we have in what Jesus has done. So we can have peace with God. Now, this is different than the peace that we feel in our hearts, which is also a benefit of knowing the Lord. Uh, but this is peace with God when you know when they tell you you know in movies that somebody's. Dying, you only got so many whatever left to live, they'll tell you you need to make your peace with God. This is what they're talking about. You need to get your books in order because you're about to meet your maker, right? (laughs) The only way we can get our books in order and have that peace with God is through justification by faith. So, benefit, right? Okay, another benefit is access, makes me think of that TV show, Access Hollywood, and they're supposed to have the, you know, ticket to get in to know everybody's business. Well, we can have access to God. I don't have to, and what that means is I don't have to go to somebody else and ask them to ask God. You know how sometimes you do that when you're younger? Well, you go ask them, my favorite, when um, your kid wants to go to somebody else's house, and they'll have that kid, You go ask my mom if I can come over. You know, because you figure they won't turn them down. Um, And sometimes we will take that approach to God. We'll find somebody in the church that looks like they pray a lot. We'll go to elderware. Will you you ask God um, if he will um, heal me from this? Because... He'll hear you. I know you got a relationship with him. Will you ask him? Now, there's nothing wrong with asking somebody to pray with you. I'm praying, join with me as I pray, but not out of concern that God won't hear you. Justification by faith means that we have access to God. We have the privilege of being able to approach him because there's no guilt. There's, there's nothing on us, right? We can go in Christ before him and we can talk to him just like I'm talking to you all. You know how when you've got somebody, now some of you feel very comfortable with me and you don't mind coming up and asking me whatever question. Doesn't matter what it is, if it's something you need to know because you realize you have, that. I've got access to her, I can go up and I can talk to her and I can ask her something. We should be that comfortable with God. You don't have to stand guilty thinking I don't know what he's going to say we have access we have relationship with him he is going to hear you now he may not give you the answer you want but he will hear you and he will answer your prayers so is that a benefit to me huge benefit of salvation is I have access to God I don't have to go to my preacher to my pastor who's trying to slip out of the room I don't, I don't have to go to him when I need a word from God, thinking that that's the only way I'm going to get it. What happens if the day you call him, he's not answering his phone? What happens to me, Pastor, if when I need you, you don't answer your phone? Amen. That puts you in a bit of a pickle, doesn't it? Bye-bye. If our access was limited to some other person on the earth, then that puts us in a bit of a bind because sometimes we are not accessible. And then what happens if you're out there and there is an emergency and you need to hear from God right away, there is something going on, there's some decision you need to make, there's something that you need to know. And if you're limited by being able to find somebody else, then what happens if they're having a bad day or if they're not feeling well, or if they're already across town accessing God for somebody else. So we have access to God. We can go to God on our own. Another benefit is that it gives us hope. We don't have to be consumed with a feeling of hopelessness when things are not going as we think they should go. We have hope in knowing that it is going to get better. The worst that could possibly happen in this life is that whatever I'm going through kills me and takes me off this planet. Even then, I will open my eyes in glory. Right? Worst case scenario, I'm in the presence of God physically. But it doesn't have to always end that way. Right, I can have hope that it doesn't matter how bad it is right now. I know that he's going to provide a way of escape. There's going to be some way. It's going to get better. He's going to help me through this. Um, I'm going to be a better person. And that sort of ties in with the next. Um, when James say, you know, about our tribulations counted all joy, when we go through diverse trials and temptations or what have you, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? Be happy when you're going through something bad. I don't think so. But we can have hope in knowing that although I am going through this bad thing, it's not gonna just be for no, you know, for nothing. Just like, you know, the quintessential example of a woman in labor. You can be in labor for 12 long, cruel hours, where you just, the pain is so much you just black out. Even that, in the back of your mind, you know it's not just for nothing. There's going to be a kid at the end of all this, and they're going to be so wonderful, and I'm going to love them, and they're going to love me, and when I'm old and gray, they're going to be my retirement account. (laughs) They're going to take care of me at some point. You know, I will be able to reap from this pain. You know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Same thing, when we have to go through trials and tribulations, when we go through them in God, we can rest assured and know that even if I am going through this bad thing, something good is going to come from it. He didn't put this on me, but he will be able to find something in this to use to make me a better person and to help me to bless someone else. Something good will come from it. That's hope. Different from if you're sitting somewhere writhing in agony and pain and at the end of it, it's just going to be more agony and pain and there's nothing you're going to get from it. Like if you just decide to pick up a hammer and hit yourself on the thumb just because you had nothing else to do. You weren't building a house and hit your, th- I mean, if you're building something and hit your finger, oh God, at least, but I've got this wonderful building afterwards for all of my pain. But if you're just sitting on the porch thinking, wonder what it'd feel like to bang myself with the hammer. That's hopelessness, right? When you have nothing that's going to come from this, you're just doing something. And to me, that would be an awful life to live. But some people think that way that there is no end of it to it all, life is just a vapor, we come, there's no point to it, you're here on this earth, you do whatever you want to do, and then that's that, it's all over, or if you're a part of the group that believes, you can come back and try it again, if you don't get it right, you get a do-over, let's come back, and perhaps you'll make better choices this time, and At the end, if not, well, then perhaps you can come back again and do it again and make some better choices or experience life in a different way. I don't want to be caught up in that. I need hope in knowing that he is looking out for me, that he wants only what's best for me, and that he wants me to live an abundant life right now, (laughs) and that when this is over, I will have an abundant life in the here and now, in the forever after. So benefits of being um, justified by faith, benefits of being born again, uh, is that there's no guilt. So if you're walking around with guilt, let it go. Don't disregard what Christ did on the cross. Remember we our word atonement. Our state of being... at one with God. Don't just leave that on the table. Don't leave these benefits on the table. You know, one thing they would teach us in law school, and we're going to end with this, when we did um, one class I, I did, we were learning about negotiations. And they would tell you, make sure you never leave any money on the table. Now, what does that mean? That when you walk into a negotiation, there's a pile of money on the table and you got 10 minutes to grab all you want to get? No, it's it's not like a pile of actual money. But what they're saying is, there's stuff available. The other side may not just readily tell you how much is available. But if you do your homework, you may know what is available. And if you sort of watch their mannerisms, you can tell... I believe I can get another 20000 out of them. I'm going to go for it. I'm not leaving any money on the table. There are benefits in God. Now, unlike that situation, the Bible tells us what those benefits are. But you still got to do your homework. You can't just hold the Bible on your head and say, Lord, I want all the benefits that you have for me to soak down in my mind. And when I open my eyes, I will see them and I can check them off one by one as I get them doesn't work like that. We have to pray for understanding of the word of God. And then we have to read it to know that these benefits are available to us. And then grab hold of those. Don't let them go. Don't leave anything on the table. Don't think that your salvation is nothing more than making sure when you die, you go to heaven. Some people are just so afraid of hell. They just, I just won't worry about the rest of this life, Lord. I can deal with this. I can handle this. I just need to know that when it's all over, I'm not burning in hell for eternity. I want to be reconciled with my whatever friends and family that went on. And they said they were going to heaven and that's where I want to be. You're leaving a whole bunch on the table when that's all you strive for. There's so much more to salvation than that. And we need to take advantage of that. Get rid of the guilt. Stand in your proper place of having access to God. You're a child of God. You don't have to go groveling for whatever crumbs may fall off the table. You have a right to come to him. Now, my parents didn't have a whole lot when we were growing up. They later on told me they did that to my advantage so I could qualify for financial aid in college. I don't really know about that. But because they were my parents, I knew that if it was something that they had that I needed, I could go and ask. Now, I didn't always get it, but I could at least go ask. I didn't have to sit over there fearful and afraid to not even approach them. And some of us look at God like that. We're too afraid to ask him. We'll ask somebody else to ask him. But take advantage of your relationship with God. You're his child. Now, some of you with children, I know my kids are not afraid. I don't think they're afraid to ask me for anything. I can't imagine them asking me for any more than they already do. <laughs> so surely they're okay. Even if they have to write it down and you know slide the note across the table because they take advantage of the fact that they know that they are my children. Now, other people's children may not have that same freedom to come and ask me stuff, but my kids should. We're a child of God. You have that freedom. You have that when we stand uh, at peace with him with no guilt and we have hope. This is not all just for naught. We're not just going through this to go through the motions. Okay. We're out of time. Yes. I just want to say one thing. Yes. When you talk about why being saved, to me, I mean, I agree with all four things you have. but one of the things I look at, and I definitely agree, and it's not, it's me in heaven and hell. Right. But it's like, Mind. Right. being able to have to be able to get stuff. people don't mind coming and asking you for the stuff you got and I know my stuff comes from God but so they don't want to put the work I'm in and prayer ahead of time, ahead of time. <laughs> I encourage them that they need to give their life to God and have that relationship so they can get the stuff that they want me to give them that I have right. that's true you want the benefits of a child right. then you need to have the responsibilities of a child You know, same example with my own children. Because of the relationship we have, they know that they can come and ask me for things. But then they also know that, as being my children, there are some certain things that they—that's expected of them. Some things that they can and can't do. And some people want the benefit of being God's child, but they don't want the responsibilities that come with it. And so they want you to go and you—you be—and let me just have a little overflow. Well, you can do that as long as you want, but after a while, I'll be like, wait a minute. Hmm. If, you know, if my kids are thinking, well, okay, to be in that household, there's some things that we can't get away with. We have certain curfews and we can't do this. Some things we can watch and can't watch and, you know, some places we can go and can't go. And I'm going to subject myself to that, but then every time they give me something, you want me to share it with you? Why is that, people? I don't think so. You want what God has to offer? Get with God. That's right. <laughs> you get with him and nurture your own relationship with him because it's available to all of us. Salvation is... God. He's no respecter of persons. He loves each of us. Christ died for every single one of us from the best, quote-unquote, best of us to the worst of us. doesn't matter what you've done. Justification... We can stand before God without guilt, whatever your past. Everybody has a past. Some people may be a little bit more adventurous than others, but we've all got one. We've all got things that right in the middle of doing it, we know we shouldn't have been, but we were having so much fun. You're like, you know, I'll worry about that tomorrow. But let's not leave things on the table, okay? Salvation is so important, and let's not limit us to just thinking it's all about... Um, heaven and hell. That is a very important part of it, but there's so much of it now. Think of the relationship that Adam had with God that he could walk with him and speak freely with him. We can have that too. Yes ma'am. Esau still working on the Because he was concerned about his immediate need and not looking, you know, till tomorrow. That's a very good point. Sometimes you gotta look past Right now, to what's coming up tomorrow, what does this mean for me in the future? All right, thank you guys so much for being part of our Sunday school class. Uh, next week, we will pick up with sanctification, uh, and that's chapters six through eight. Uh, now, justification, remember we said, was an instant act. when we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are instantly justified by faith, we're made right with him sanctification is a process we're going to start talking about that process and that's where some of our you know do's and don'ts when people are like oh church is just a bunch of do's and don'ts well in the process of being sanctified when you're clean when you're cleaning something up you know what good is it to wash it and then throw it back out in the mud you just gonna have to get it and wash it again okay all right thank you guys again you're dismissed
0: we pray that you are richly blessed by today's message We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power.